It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steady the NFL. My voice started to naturally go high there, so I thought I'd roll with it and maybe bang on a Scottish accent. How is lads, ladies? What's going on? At Steady the NFL, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. Anyway, um, yeah, we're still in playoff mode. Coming up against the Bears. Ten minute takedown. No time for waffle. But let me just get this out here because sometimes. You know, we come on here and we talk about there's so many benefits to running the fan uh, group and all of this type of stuff. But then we talk about some of the silly stuff that happens. And one of those silly scenarios every year is pondering and wondering and hoping that the Packers play one of the International Series games in London. So the NFL UK uh, and the NFL in general, let's face it, have released the teams that are coming over. Much that we already knew already. So the team's coming over, the Jags, as we all expect, as usual, the Tampa Bay Bucks, snore, Oakland Raiders, snore, and then the LA Rams and the LA Chargers, and, and the Twitter Addy, the experts, and we've even seen name drops happening all over social media about who's talking to who and when and what, where and what's coming over, and yes, it's going to be, listen, the game that everyone's saying that it's could potentially be, is the Chargers. And let me just bang on some cold water all over that action. There's multiple sources out there that say that it is is not happening. I would take it that it's not happening. So, anybody who keeps... Because we get this all the time, like it'll be four weeks after the announcement and someone will go at UK Packers, Hey lads, do you see this? Chargers it is. (laughs) It's just like... Oh, we used to get we actually used to get it sometimes like lads I don't know if you know this but uh, you know the Packers game is on TV this weekend Ooh, and it's up there with you know I've got an idea Bitches never thought about this why don't you just do fantasy and it's just it's one of those things this is another one of those things there is enough sources let's just say out there that say it's the Packers are not coming to London so just take it that the Packers are not coming to London uh, the rumour online out there from multiple reputable sources say that that Chargers game is most likely going to be down in Mexico. So to save yourself any pain and disappointment, take it that the game is not going to be in London. And they say, and, and people, so here's the rationale. Oh, the Los Angeles Chargers, they're in a small stage, it's still open, it's 30,000, it's built for a soccer team, and that's why they're going to come over. Because, listen, it doesn't matter how small the stadium is, it's to do with whether the owner of the Chargers wants to bring the game over. Uh, how do I know that? Because Mark Murphy said it on the podcast. What they do is, is they have to go to the owner of the other team, and Mark Murphy goes as a representative of the Packers, because we don't have an owner, obviously, and they hash it out as to whether they want to come over or not. Now, I've heard one of the other rationales is, is that, oh, well, they'll come over because, you know, or what was the other one? Why would they come over? Because it's going to be like a home game atmosphere for the Packer fans because we're, we're the, we are the biggest UK fan group who isn't run by somebody who's employed to run a fan group and by a team, the Jaguars, who come over every year and the NFL UK push them continuously. We're the biggest fan group. So if you were to set us all up, you know, grassroots style, without having someone who's employed by a team and backed by the league, 
uh, but then we're the biggest fan group the Packers and that, that's all the people that have found us so far um, there's an awful lot of Packer fans out there who we meet at meetups who have no idea we exist so on that note can you tell your friends so it's going to be like a home atmosphere but look at the LA Rams game that was like a home atmosphere as well to be honest uh, the teams like that don't care that's exactly what they want they want the Packer fans to travel well um, and spend an awful lot of money in their city it's worth about 10 million to their city when the Packer fans roll in and there's an awful lot of Packer fans in Los Angeles as well um, and there's an awful lot of fans for those LA teams in Mexico apparently which is why the um, Los Angeles Rams game Chiefs were going to be moved down there and then moved back because the, t- the pitch was crap um, so there's rumours that the, they're going to try to compensate that in 2019 by moving the Chargers game and there's an awful lot of preparation that goes into moving a game to London or elsewhere so you know you would think that there would be more musings and all the rest out there because these things have to be planned an awful lot of time in advance if anyone wants to get kind of a an insight into it look at that nfl europe documentary that's on sky um and andrew luck's dad is on there he was you know the general manager for one of the teams one of the german teams and he said that they massively underestimated moving stuff around because we saw a plane full of bog roll come over on one of the international series games so there's a lot that goes into it I digress. So the Packers Bears game, uh, Jesus, did we expect that we'd be here? So the Bears are going to, they tie up the NFC North for sure if they win this game. And they're coming in as favourites, uh, six point favourites in the bookies. Please bet responsibly. Uh, so the, if you look at week one, there were 17 zip up at half time. Uh, Khalil Mack was running amok. We were in on that trade and we didn't go for it. And then he did something in that game that hadn't been done for a decade or two. I can't remember what it was. I've said this on the radio as well. It was something like forced fumble, you know, uh, return pick six, return for a touchdown. Um, What was it? A sack and, uh, you know, whatever. So it was. he put it together an awful lot of stuff that one player hasn't done in a game for a decade or two. This guy is a, is a truly fantastic player. He went missing for a portion of this season, which is why we haven't heard, you know, him in the talk about MVP races and all the rest. It's because he was carrying an injury. And in that week one game, we were 20 zip down before Aaron Rodgers comes back and does all that legendary comeback um, after it all. Bit of a crazy injury because here he was coming back off an injury and we were like, oh, it's, it's going to be high octane this year. And then we saw the way it, the way it ended. Aaron Rodgers, 17 for 20, uh, 17 and 23, 273 yards and three touchdowns in the second half. This isn't the only time the Packers can can pull out big games against the Bears. We've won eight games consecutively in Soldier Field. Uh, a nice little stat that Devontae Adams reminds us of in one of his interviews. And that all was kicked off in the 2010, uh, the NFL season, January 2011, in fact, uh, which was the NFC Championship game. Good memories there. So we play well at Soldier Field. We don't usually see them have as evidenced by the stats and the games of them having home field advantage. Because this is the way divisional games go. Um, we saw the dagger play as well. Uh, the Packers pulling a big one out in the big game in 2003, uh, 2013, 2003, Jesus. 2013, uh, A-Rod to Cobb. Um, after he comes back in from that broken collarbone, it was all on the line. But let's just get something straight here, is that in that game against the Falcons... And there's some great stuff out there on The Athletic. Uh, we've had Michael Cohen on and Ben Fennell as a guy who breaks down the, the film. The guy's second to none. 
just fantastic coverage there. But like he was showing what people were doing and, and all that kind of stuff and that it wasn't a whole lot different. It basically comes down to this. Joe Philbin cannot reinvent the Packers playbook. He cannot get new personnel and he has to deal with the injuries that he's dealing with. Now, what we saw against the Falcons was exactly what the team were doing against the Cardinals. I saw them do some really interesting stuff with the hard count to try to get people to jump off side, um, you know, get these free plays and all the rest. They did the exact same thing against the Falcons. Uh, and not that it worked any more effectively, but I just saw that it was um, very similar. The game plan was very similar. Now, one thing that Philbin has done differently is, um, and again, it's one thing, and I, I, I'd, I'd like hopefully to get Michael Cohen on again soon, just to debate it with him. But one thing that he said on on his podcast, which definitely listened to, it's fantastic, the P60 podcast, was that he saw an awful lot of different personnel groups playing. And what he said was that he saw Equinemius St. Brown playing more, uh, Jamal Williams, not that he wasn't sort of sharing snaps, but uh, you know they were. He was talking about that different personnel groups were coming in, Robert Tanyan and all the rest, and that he didn't see that under McCarthy, and that was you know one of two reasons. And one of the reasons that he mooted was mooted word of the podcast was that McCarthy didn't trust these guys, you know, didn't didn't like them potentially, and didn't see them as being able to offer something to make the Packers win. Now, what I will say is, is it was fire under the arse time for McCarthy, and like anything else, it's like if you're playing FIFA with the boys. Uh, or Tekken with the ladies and you know it's it comes down to you really have to win this game you will go back to your tried and trusted your usual stuff to try save your arse you know you'd be keeping that x button to try make Jin do a kick or whatever so it's the same as that McCarthy wasn't going to he wasn't very in the experimental mood if he knew that his job was on the line and the season wasn't going that well and he just sort of stuck to what he was doing stuck to his strategy Whereas what we're seeing is is a number of different things. So the Packer players themselves are trying to preserve their image and their pride. So the head coach is gone. Some new dude has come in. There's going to be a sort of energy about the place anyway because of that. Because there's uncertainty. There's an awful lot of energy. The coaches don't know if they're going to stay after the season. You know what I mean? They're coaching their arses off. Um, the players are playing their bums off. So they're playing for their image, their pride. They want a place. In the locker room because a regime change usually means a change up of coaches and a change up of players. Famously when we've seen changes, uh, you know, when general managers come in, which we've seen Gudekunst make a shake up. So the lads are already, you know, probably being given the willies here because he's, you know, punting people out the door. We saw Jordy Nelson and um, Vince Beagle, Jesus, a massive one there. Um, but it was odd that it, it shows that he's kind of sweeping out what Ted Thompson brought in. So... If there's a locker room change, these guys are going to want to play their ass off. So we've seen players who are in the contract year want to get new contracts. They're going to be playing well. Clay Matthews played well in the last game. Um, so, you know, there's all these rusing online about, oh, you see, they're being held back and petting. No, that's simply because these players are coming into a contract year. Like what Haha Clinton Dix said, and he's not covering himself in glory uh, with his new team, was that, you know, you're either auditioning for a place on that team to get a new contract or you're auditioning for the rest of the league. And that's what these players are doing. Um, and also, the Packers are in despera desperation mode, you know? Like, the season is done if they lose. So, Philbin is going to script a large portion of the game. He's going to try to give Aaron Rodgers options. He's going to bring in different personnel groups, untested personnel groups to see what works and give them a very specialist role. That will bring more energy to the team. The specialist group who's coming in is going to play with more energy because they have really strict, set, clear assignments. 
you know, hopefully that won't result in lazy routes or people are just, you know, punting out, you know, just rolling out Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, you know, and the young lads don't get much of a shot. He's going to say, this is your job and this is your assignment. But again, let me remind people, this is not new because it was about two, three years ago now that they were talking to Mike McCarthy and everyone was getting super excited about, you know, that he was talking about that they have certain personnel groups that are going to roll out with scripted plays and set jobs that they have to do and set plays that they've drafted and the playbook is ridiculous and the combinations are crazy and everyone was just absolutely changing their pants over it. And that's all that Philbin is doing. He's just getting strict personnel groupings and giving them a set job. That's why we've seen Jamal Williams there. And again, like that's where the hashtag fire yeah Philbin was coming from people like oh, I can't believe Aaron Jones isn't getting the run out I could see a, a very clear rationale to that in the sense that you know pop in Jamal Williams script the game Jamal Williams was running up the middle that I didn't know that it was I, I sort of did query the Aaron Jones thing but I thought look as long as there's not anything dodgy with Aaron Jones like he's got an injury or something like that preserving him for later in the game where if we get up a lead uh, and we did is that you just get him to run out the clock you know, and, and go on long run plays. He's able to gain that yardage. He's able to gain first downs. We've seen, you know, a couple of chunk plays from him. An excellent touchdown. So, you know, get Aaron Jones out there if you're if you're leading the game and try steal some of that clock back. That makes sense. But back to this Bears game. The Bears are 9-4 and four in the division. The division is theirs. They win one more game. They've got it locked up. Um, There's no question about that. So really what we're banking on is the Vikings losing two of their remaining three games in order for us to try steal that uh, playoff spot. Uh, It's very unlikely, but it still could happen. And at UK Packers HQ, we're still hopeful. So if we look at the Bears' losses, those four losses, the most recent one was December 2nd against the Giants. Um, The Giants, sneaky team, uh, you know, Barkley was the top runner on the day. They were doing some sort of creative stuff. Um, the, the Bears lost against the Patriots in October 21st so we have to go back a long way then to find their last loss and that game against the Patriots if you remember there was a Hail Mary pass that fell short of the end zone which is kind of the cardinal rule of Hail Mary don't you know get that thing in the end zone that's where you have the shot and the Bears got held up so they very well could have put that game now that would have just tied the game and put it into overtime and there's all this talk of arguably uh, you know, they would have had the advantage because they were rolling late in the game and that's how they ended up getting that Hail Mary, blah, blah, blah. Uh, before that, it was Miami. They lost on October 14th, so they lost two weeks in a row coming off their bye as well, which was strange. But again, they were the games that Khalil Mack was out with injury or suffering injury, current injuries or whatever. Um, and then the only other time that they lost was against the Packers where they got up to a blazing lead um, and ended up losing it to Aaron Rodgers' heroics while he was injured. And that interview with Aaron Rodgers after the game ensued which was hilarious now where did the Bears stand lately and that's you have to look you can't look past that Rams game the defense frustrated that Rams offense and they they held them to six points but in that game we saw massive deficiencies uh, on the Bears side of uh, the the ball with offense you know they're not firing all cylinders Mitch Trubisky what you'll find with the Bears is is that Matt Nagy is famous for scripting the start of a game so he will script the first two three drives of a game and after that you'll find that Mitch Trubisky struggles when he has to kind of you know work on his own initiative when plays break down or whatever so I think the key, one of the keys to this game and there's a couple of keys really and a couple of tactics that I think 
for all this leprechaun knows uh, will happen and one of them is is to try put them off kilter on those um scripted plays if we can get at the bears somehow uh, with our depleted defense and stop them from you know running the ball down our throats well then i think that if we push the game into that unscripted territory that's where the bears offense could start to struggle here and hopefully we play lights out simply because we're in playoff mode as it is i think the strategy that we used against the falcons will have to apply again here and that is a fast passing game and try to alleviate some pressure on the o-line because if this game is going to be won or lost it's going to be on our offensive line which is just a, like a patchwork quilt of people we see byron bell being put on ir um this week as well so we're light there and the, the bears are absolutely dominant and i'll go into just how elite they are um a little bit later and i say a little bit later it's a 10 minute takedown it'll be in about a minute's time so i think the tactics in this game have to be the obvious ones we have to run up we have to do that hurry up um offense we have to try catch men with a hard count which the packers have really tried to do um against the cardinals and the falcons and um, it's going to be noisy in soldier field whether they'll even be able to do this remains to be seen but there might be some creative stuff there we need to run the ball see how we get because that's how we see in the loss come against the giants on december 2nd um albeit saquon barkley is an absolute different type of animal but that's what we need to get we need to keep them honest with the run even though their defensive line is pretty frightening um we need to really focus on using those specialists those specialist units and varying personnel groups use those subs well in and out try not to have that mess around with um you know the flow of the offense but it certainly didn't impact us against the falcons but again we have to remember and the caveat is the falcons are an absolutely piss poor team and that's the only way i can put it so let's not get too um you know in our own heads about how fantastic the last game was and how philbin has really turned things around he's practiced differently he's using more personnel but it's effectively mike mccarthy's playbook and team so it really all comes down to the game plan and that sort of was exhibited as we saw with Jamal Williams. So we'll see how Philbin uh, can use that creatively. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers is just going to have to do it like he said he was going to do. He's just going to have to air it out. Um, he's going to scramble more. It's desperation time. So he's going to have to put himself at risk and he will likely be at risk anyway and be running for his life behind a patchwork O-line that he doesn't really trust all that well um, and for a reason because... You know, there's all this talk about him having more throwaways and what that means and all this type of lark. So we see his eyes go down and we see him, you know, start to scramble around and get sacked on third down more than I would like to happen. And hopefully that doesn't rear its ugly head in this game. So let's have a look at the Packers injury report as of today. Bashad Breeland, uh, they say it's groin and not injury related. He didn't participate, but apparently that's not injury related. It's meant to be, you know, unrelated. Brian Balaga did participate, he's out with that knee. Kenny Clark uh, has an elbow injury, he didn't participate, which is a worrying one. Randall Cobb, hamstring, limited participation. Jimmy Graham uh, has a knee and a thumb injury, uh, the thumb we knew about. So he was down as didn't participate. Clay Matthews, limited with an ankle injury. Aaron Rodgers is down with that knee, but full participation. ESB, elbow, full participation. And Lane Taylor, limited participation with a foot injury. So outside of the injuries which i think we're all pretty familiar with let's have a quick look then at what we're up against with this bears defense because that's what this game is going to come down to is going to be how much pressure the bears defense gets on us and it's pretty frightening 
So if we look at Pro Football Focus, which if you go to ukpackers.co.uk forward slash offers, you'll be able to pick yourself up an offer by banging the link and putting it in, but it's pretty late in the season, so not unless you're an absolute diehard. But let me give you the rundown. Anyway, Akeem Hicks, elite. Fuller, cornerback, elite. Khalil Mack, elite. Uh, Goldman at nose tackle is almost elite. He's very high up there. And then Jackson at free safety is also classed as elite. So all along their line, their cornerbacks, Amukamara as well, which is fun to say, um, at cornerback, who's going to be likely covering Devontae Adams, um, is also graded extremely high. Their strong safety um, also is graded extremely high, and Trevathan himself is graded pretty high. They basically only have two kind of weak links. So outside their weak links, which is their right inside linebacker, which is uh, Smith, and their left outside linebacker, Floyd, um, they would be deemed, per pro football focus, as kind of the weak links on this defense. Now, they're ranked third on defense. Some people rank them as first, seeing who they come up against. And certainly, they held the Rams to a very low score, and that's a highly potent, potent, highly potent offense. So, I guess the only purchase that we expect to get would be in the passing game. And that would be trying to run some really quick stuff um, in the slot to try sort of, I don't know, pick on matchups. This is going to be a game where we basically we're just going to have to man up and we're going to have to meet them, um, you know, mono we mono and we're going to have to just beat our matchups. We're going to have to hope that the offensive line, um, you know, holds up for long enough for Aaron Rodgers to get the ball out of his hand or we do some really creative stuff. Uh, with a couple of screens and really bring the battle to them and that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams can try get some purchase in the run game outside of that then I think we don't need to be overly concerned and I say that with some trepidation second word of the podcast about the Bears offense but I, I you know I don't have a whole lot of faith um well I wouldn't wouldn't be me to have faith in the Bears offense but I don't think that's going to be our problem here I think it's going to be their defense keeping our offense off the field and then they're probably just going to run the ball down our necks on their offense to try get that time of possession. So it's going to be a noisy stadium in Soldier Field. Uh, we know that the Bears fans are going to be fairly mouthy in their home stadium. You know, after really putting in a fairly impressive season. We didn't expect the Bears to be leading. Certainly, we thought they could potentially be up there. But I think Killian Mack has been the real game changer. And some people are sort of, uh, you know, mooting online that we really should have went all out to get Killian Mack. But the Raiders, again, being the Raiders, expected themselves that the Bears' first-round picks would be better value for them than the Packers. And, oh boy, they were wrong. So we're going to hold out hope that the Packers are going to make the playoffs, uh, that we win this game. And then, you know, after this game, it's highly achievable that if we win this, well, then we're going to do well in the other games but then we also need other scenarios to work out if you want to know what those scenarios are hit the website and make sure you check out peter jones's blog um he, he does some fantastic power ranking articles where he lists every team so um they're they're great ones to read down through and he has what exactly needs to happen in order for us to be able to try unlikely as it is nab that playoff spot but look, lads, it's getting close to the crimbo. So what I will say is is uh, stick with us for, for game time. Follow us on uh, Instagram at UK Packers 
And if you're listening to the podcast and you enjoy it and you want yourself a free t-shirt, get onto patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. And if you if you bump yourself onto that, fiver. Less than a I spend a fiver er day on Starbucks or more, if I won't lie. And if you enjoy the podcast, you want to support what we do, uh, we're, we'd be very grateful if you could uh, bump us five five sheets a month. And after six months, we send you a T-shirt. So you get all of your money back, basically, in T-shirt form, in fabric form, um, after six months. If you choose to continue to contribute, we are eternally grateful for that. And very much thank you. And also, we have some offers for all of our followers. Just go to ukpackers.co.uk forward slash offers. And you can get, you know, offers off Gridiron Magazine, who have a 100-year anniversary episode, would you call it? Uh, an edition in print. So you can get it sent to your door by the postie, or you can get it in digital version. Always recommended. Um, I'm a signed-up member for that. And you can also get 10% off NFL Europe Shop. So if you get some money for the Crimbo or you want to buy someone a gift, uh, you can just click that link and the 10% is applied when you sign in in your basket. So some people go in and they can't see the discount straight away. You have to sign in and get to the stage of paying before you'll see that it'll it'll come off there. Anyway, I've waffled on enough. Hit me up as well, at NFL on Twitter. And I like to get back to people who, you know, hit me up with some messages. It's always great to get more interaction. I'm trying to be more social and not to be such a hermit on that type of stuff. So follow the group at UK Packers on Facebook. Get into the closed group on Facebook as well because we have some game day threads and some good stuff there. And try bring the positivity and follow us on Instagram as well at UK Packers. But thanks, guys. We're nearly at the end of the year. Um, I'll keep it trucking into the new year um, with podcasts. And if in the unlikely event, let's face it, that we do get dumped out of the playoff race, what I might do is, is with your blessing, is do more of an NFL general style podcast to kind of, you know, delve into the playoffs and who we expect. I'm on the radio every Saturday on Irish radio uh, with Reggie Kerrigan and the snooker legend Ken Doherty. So if you're interested in hearing more NFL coverage from me, by all means, give it a listen on Saturday at 9am. And also these podcasts, I might flip it over uh, to a bit more of an NFL coverage once the Packers season is done. Obviously, after we win the win the Super Bowl, that's come on. But anyway, no waffling from me. 10 minute takedown. Probably lasted about half an hour. I'll talk to you next week.